0: Under King Solomon, the the son of King David, Israel as a nation thrived greatly. It was a kingdom that grew both in its size and in its prosperity. The Bible credits uh, Solomon with having written 3,000 proverbs and more than 1,000 songs. Makes him out to be quite an impressive person. An impressive man who amassed a great deal of wealth and brought peace to God's people. The dream of Solomon, wherein the Lord appears to him and says, ask what I shall give you, is a sort of suspenseful drama that invites the exercise and test of his faith. How will he respond? How would you respond with such an offering from the Father? In the end the Lord is pleased when he asks give your servant an understanding mind to govern your people. His request for wisdom over a long life or riches or the life of his enemies so pleased God that he received those things namely riches and honor and kingship unparalleled to anyone else and he reigned with God's gift of wisdom and a discerning mind. But the reputation of this new king of Israel was hardly unblemished. He also turned from the Lord's command and married many women who turned his heart toward false gods. The author in 1 Kings writes simply, his heart was not holy, to the Lord his God, was not wholly true to the Lord his God. The Lord is a giving God, and he is pleased when we find his creation sufficient to be our dwelling place. But like Solomon, our eyes wander and our hearts exchange the good and very good things of creation for forbidden idolatries. Our creedal confession believes that God has made me and all creatures, that he has given me my body and soul, eyes, ears, and all my members, my reason, and all my senses, and still takes care of them. So we say, God gives all I have and all that I need to support this body and life. This belief of ours exists also from a covenantal point of view, a covenantary point confession, meaning we believe in God's promise with us to give these good things to us, and we believe God will defend and guard and protect us from all evil. And God does do this out of fatherly divine goodness and mercy without any merit or worthiness on our part. But it's also important to note here that Luther's catechism isn't oblivious to the sinful condition. It is obvious that the body and soul of every person is marred by sin. It is evident that reason and senses fall short. It is clear that not all things needed to support the body and life are available to everyone. Luther writes his catechism with the imperative grace of Jesus in mind. The Father sent Jesus into the flesh of creation, giving him a body and soul, reason and senses, made him have a mortal body in life which required support. When we confess the first article of the creed and find ourselves questioning if God provides as much for me as the poor everywhere else in the world, or for me like he does someone more wealthy, we have missed the point of what we are confessing. We confess what we, what we do about the Father through faith. And faith is impossible without Jesus. The meaning of the creed is not summarized by the quality or quantity of body and soul, reason and senses, or support of this body and life. The creed is summarized by who? Who is the maker of the body and soul? Who is the giver of reason and senses? Who is the supporter of body and life? This maker, this giver, and supporter is the Father who sent Jesus to bear the burden of sin in his body and soul and to be mocked for his reason and senses. And at the last, the Father removed his support from his Son and laid upon him the wrath of God for all man's sin. The creed is not a statement of having gifts others do not, but a confession that anything that we do have is a gift, regardless of the quality or quantity of it. We do not want our neighbor to suffer, of course, and that is why sharing God's good gifts is the good and rightly Christian thing to do. But whatever we have to share, it is first made possible possible because of everything that Christ gave up to make those good gifts possible for us. So like the king and so many others, it is our duty to thank and praise, serve and obey our heavenly father who gives us good gifts through Jesus. It is not good for us to have our hearts not wholly true to the Lord our God. We are to see the creed through the son who the father sent to save. Jesus is the one who remedies our sin. Where Solomon uh, brought prosperity and peace through wisdom from God above, Jesus is God brought low that prosperity and peace in heaven might be ours also. Jesus puts it this way Behold, something greater than Solomon is here. Jesus is something greater than Solomon. He is the Father's Son. What the Father made our mouths to confess, Jesus redeems our hearts to believe. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved, St. Paul writes. By the perfect Son is the Father pleased to give the riches of this, his more glorious kingdom from above. The obedience of Jesus then has made a way for us to ask in his name, what is pleasing to the Father. Regardless of what is asked, even childish requests, even silly things that we may not think God cares too much about, they are all, in Jesus' name, turned to words of wisdom. That is what it means for Jesus to be our mediator with the Father. And the Father, upon hearing these requests from Jesus, showers upon us the gifts that correspond to Jesus' name all our members, our reason and senses, all that we have and all that we need to support this body and life. Not in quality or quantity, which are also welcome gifts from God, of course, but especially we confess that in Jesus we have all we need from the Father who sent Jesus to give us forgiveness, life, and salvation. So from palaces to places of poverty, from first worlds to third worlds, from the mouth of babies to the mouths of the dying, the creed which confesses our giving God is always true. The Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, has in his Son one whose heart is wholly true to his Father. And by faith, Jesus has also given you a heart wholly true to the Lord your God. The first article of the creed, is a wise confession. That while not everything is right in a fallen world, we believe that whatever we have is ultimately God's gift to us. And I'll leave you with this. It's St. Paul's words to the Philippians, who who, uh, confesses the giving God in a a perfect way. St. Paul confesses the giving God of the first article in the most realistic example for us Christians. He says, I have learned, in whatever situation, I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. This is the word of the Lord. This this is the word of the Lord which we rejoice in. Amen. We continue with the Canticle on page 231 I invite you to please stand.